Kentucky's Kentucky Girl, Chapter 1, Part 2. During this time in our history, in the area of Western Virginia, there were no formal schools for educating the children, and it was up to each family to give the children what education they could. Rachel's mother had been a school teacher back in Old Virginia and was quite capable of teaching Rachel and her younger brother. While Rachel had to do her chores helping her father farm, there was always time enough for her mother to teach her the basics. Generally, when the planting season was done and before the crops needed weeding and such, the family would gather about once a month at the local grange for shared entertainment. Especially during spring season and again in the fall, these families would get together and discuss the kind of crops they were raising, how they were handling the weather, and generally sharing information. This would be a time when the adults would share conversation and potluck, and younger children were allowed to run and play games. The teenagers would attempt to escape the eye of their parents and play games like touch and go, or even spin the bottle. In this way, boys and girls could innocently learn something about the other sex. This was an exciting time, and Rachel blossomed. She had two girlfriends, Betsy and Nancy, and these three shared intimate secrets with each other. When a particular juicy secret was shared, they would all three giggle. In truth, sometimes Rachel would make up a juicy secret to share, and it was not clear that Betsy and Nancy would not do the same thing. While the girls' bodies were maturing toward womanhood, the boys' bodies were also maturing and growing quite muscular. This maturing created quite an excited interest in the opposite sex. All in all, this is a wonderful time to be alive. Rachel's mom spent a lot of time teaching her not only book learning, but the art of sewing and cooking. Rachel and her mom were very close to each other and Rachel could confide in her. One day while they were making bread in the kitchen, Rachel told her mom about this boy that she had been talking to at the Grange meetings. She told her mom that she had strong feelings about this boy whose name was Clem. Her mom, knowing that Rachel was turning 18, was not surprised at this. It was a bright and beautiful morning. The sunshine coming through the leaves of the trees made the splatter look golden. Birds were flying around in the air talking to each other in a way that sounded so pretty. Rachel was just opening her eyes to get the day started. She thought of the previous day's events and gave a delicious little shudder. The boy that she had been talking with at the Grange get-together for the last several months had just touched her hand and asked her if she would go outside with him so they could talk. Thinking about that caused Rachel to feel that the world had just changed. 
She had wanted to talk to Clem at the last few Grange meetings, but would not initiate the conversation herself. It just wasn't what a girl did. Manners are manners, her mom would say. So she was very surprised that Clem touched her hand so softly and asked her to go outside. And yes, they slipped outside away from the crowd over by the big oak tree which shielded them somewhat from the others. Rachel's heart skipped when Clem touched her and asked her if she would be his girl. It was all she could do to hold her voice steady and not yell, yes! In this spring in Virginia, the world was just settling down after years of the war with the mother country. Clem then shocked her. He said, we could join Dan and Nancy and also Bert and Betsy and go across the mountains and claim free land and have a place all our own. Think, Rachel, we can have a place all our own. Before she could utter a word, Clem hurried on. Rachel, we can have a place all our own, raise a family and everything. I've heard tell that the ground is so fertile that you plant a fence post and it'll sprout limbs in a year. We'll grow our own food and Rachel rose up on tiptoe and placed a finger on Clem's lips to stop him from rushing on. Clem, we ain't even married and you want me to go to a strange country? Yes, I know. I've heard the talk going around about how that area called Kentucky is huge and that settlers can get free land. And it sounds exciting, but you know Paul. He would split a gut because we ain't married. And the traveling preacher won't be here for six months. Rachel remembered that Clem sagged the wind taken right out of him. She imagined she could read his thoughts. Wait, she didn't refuse me. Just posed a problem. I'll tackle that somehow. Now, almost fully awake, she remembered what he said next. Rachel, I know that we haven't said the vows yet, but the preacher won't be here for months and months and we just can't wait that long. But let's just say them together and ask the Lord to bless us. I just know he will help us. Rachel had frowned a little and was silent while she thought of what Clem had just said. She really wanted to go with Clem. The thought of them starting a life together set her mind a whirl. Her eyes widened. She surprised herself and said, If you promise me and my family that when we find a preacher you will say the vows, I will go with you. Clem was thunderstruck. He couldn't believe what he just heard. Thank you, Lord, for helping me, he said in his head. The love of my life had just agreed with me. Of course I'll say the vows. I want you as my wife, and I'll do anything for you, Rachel, Clem said. Rachel replied, We have to tell my family. Let me do that. You tell yours. All this was going through her head as she became more awake. Now, she thought, I have to tell Mom and Dad. 